tonight I want to continue with the message uh, from last week, actually from the week before, greatness in the kingdom of God. Father, I just ask that you speak to our hearts today and uh, help us to understand the things that you've put forth before us in Jesus' name, in your word for our lives. Amen. Now, maybe you don't know this, but this lab has already been poured for... Uh, the parking lot is almost complete. So we got a huge parking lot, and uh, the, they're going to be putting the driveway pretty soon. I give them a few Bibles uh, to put in the driveway. <laughs> so when you come in, you're driving through the Bible, you can't escape <laughs> as you come in. And uh, they will be putting on that slab around the building on the other side. And so the building is going up really quickly. Uh, greatness in the kingdom of God. Sometimes most people just don't want to do great things. They don't consider themselves uh, in that kind of uh, way. They just, I just want to be me. I just want to live I, and, and be happy, have a home, have a husband and a wife, and be satisfied, meals there i eat and we have a place to live that's not what god's calling us to never get satisfied with just coming to church and just sitting never get satisfied with just living there is more to life in my mind my life my wife and i we have dreams the dreams are bigger than myself that means when god does it it will be god Everyone would know this is God. I can't boast about it. No one can boast about it. It's God. But you have to have the dream and the understanding that God, when he calls you, he wants you to be great. You cannot be ordinary. You can't be, as Paul says, you're walking like mere men, just ordinary men. You're different. And if you don't see it in your spirit, you will settle for less. And God is not looking to your abilities. He's not looking to your greatness. He, you are to look to his greatness. He's depending on his greatness to make you great. He wants you great. And he started that with Abraham. When he called Abraham, Abraham wasn't thinking of greatness. When he called Abraham, he said, I will make your name great. And we are the children of Abraham. And yes, according to the promise which God gave Abraham, we are to that promise. And the promise is, I will make your name great. Not for you, but for him. He makes you a showcase. A showcase for the world to see what God can do in a life that is totally committed to him. God can transform and make you. It may not be overnight, but stay with him. Abraham was called when he was 75 years old. God told him he'll make him great. Well, for 25 years, God was making him great. And today, we got Abrahams all over the place, all over the world. People are called Abraham, and it's such a blessing when I'm talking to God, and I call him by the name Abraham, you know. God is the God of Abraham. 
Amen. He's the God of Isaac who came in later and then the God of Jacob. But today your God. I can call, if you're faithful to God and you're worshiping God, I can call God by your name and he'll answer my prayers. Because he's your God. He's the God of Angela. And I can say, God, you are the God of this man. I know you are Jesus and God will answer. I've read testimonies of that sort where people called God by the name of their pastor because they believe the God was walking with their pastor. You are the God of this pastor. You got to answer my prayer. And guess what God did? He answered the prayer. God is not just the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He is your God. Amen. If you've taken him into your life and he wants to walk in your life in the same way he walked in Abraham's life. God is a respecter of no one. He called him in his time. Today he's calling you. And you are his person. You are called by his name. You are called Christians, right? <laughs> You're called by his name. Little Christ in the world. So we need to know that. Now there are things that we need to do. Things that we need to know. That will get us to that place of greatness. And the first thing is to let go. I said let go of all and follow. Let go of everything and follow. That's the first demand. He says, take up your cross and come after me. There's going to be some suffering in this thing. But you got to let go of everything. Jesus even said to some men who said to him, I'll follow you, but let me go home first. I want to bury my father, and then I'll follow you. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. You come and follow me. That's how serious it is. You got to let go and follow. There was another man that came to Jesus, and I talked about him last week. The rich, man, rich young ruler noticed the Bible won't put his name in the book. And I believe that if he had followed Jesus, we'll be talking about him today by name. But he refused to follow Jesus. He said, what, what can I do to enter into the kingdom? Jesus, the Bible said Jesus loved him, told him what to do. And the guy said, what do I lack? yet i need something i'm still lacking something i feel something because the guy said i've done everything you said he was faithful amen he was dedicated notice jesus didn't tell him no that's not true you haven't done all of this stuff he did everything but jesus said there's only one thing you lack go give everything you got sell all <laughs> and, and in other words let go of all and come and follow me and God will make you great. Jesus didn't use that word. But if he had followed Jesus, today we'll be talking about a man who Jesus called. He left everything and followed him. And this is what Jesus made out of his life. But he never followed. His name is not in the book. But then Peter said to Jesus, we've left everything and we followed you. <laughs> what, what's, what are we going to gain from that? Now, when you follow God, you're going to gain something. It's not wrong to think you will gain something when you follow God. You need to expect it. Jesus didn't rebuke Peter for asking, what are we going to gain out of our dedication? Jesus made it very clear to him. 
anyone who leaves anything to follow me, he said, you get everything that you left in this present world a hundredfold. And then after this world, you have eternal life with God. If you leave all to follow my gospel, you will be sitting with me in heavenly places judging the world. Amen. That's the world to come. Did you know that there are going to be rulers in the world to come? Some of us are going to be in very powerful positions in the kingdom. Did you know that somebody is going to be at the right hand? He's the right hand man of Jesus. When things got to be done, God don't talk to the angels anymore. This is his right hand man. Peter, I mean, John and James, they wanted to be the right and on the left. That's positions of power. He brings you and he's going to give you to a rulership over this part of his kingdom. Jesus said that. Come, you good and faithful servant. This is what I'm going to do for you. But then I'll give you all of this so you can rule over these things. There are people that's going to be ruling in the next world. Amen. <laughs> Believe me, it's a kingdom. There are duties to perform in the kingdom. No one is going to be jealous. If you're top, you're top. If you are at the bottom at the gate, that's where you are. If you open doors for people to get in, that's your job for the true eternity. You're not going to get out of it. The way to get a good job is to start right here. <laughs> Prepare yourself before you get there. Because once you get there, it's over. It's over. You can't change anything. There are those that are going to be given crowns. Crowns. Powerful crowns. And there are those that did nothing. And some of, some of them may not even make it in. I was reading a story by uh, Rick Joyner, some revelation God gave to him. And he said he saw a very powerful man. If I mention his name, when he was talking, I knew who he was talking about. But this guy, he's reading books. He's well-loved among Christians. They, read, they talk about him. He is a great guy. But he said he was so far from the throne, you wouldn't believe it. So far. There were millions, multitude, and he was way in the crowd. And there were people sitting right by Jesus, very close to the master up there. But he was okay. He said he was happy. He said, I did everything because my wife pushed me to. It wasn't from my heart. That's why I'm down here. But I'm happy I made it. I'm here. I have no regrets. I'm right here. You have to be very, very concerned about the world to come and where your position what your position is going to be is what you do right now for god let go and follow the second aspect is is so important service to god and man service to god and man if you want to be great in this world consider yourself a servant in other words Find and locate the needs of people and serve them. They'll pay you for it. Amen. If you find a need, even if it's as simple as getting pure water to drink, amen, and you come up with a way to meet that need, to serve them, they'll pay you for it. They'll make you a millionaire for it. If their need is met. That's what life is all about. 
you go to school, study whatever, to meet a need that's found in the society. If you go to school and you study hard and come out with a degree that doesn't meet the need that the people have, but meets some other little need here that they don't really care about and can survive without it, they'll pay you little for it. You can work as hard as you want. It's not that important to them. But if it's important to them, like your health, don't pay for it. I got to leave. So you pay the doctor, get insurance so you can pay them. But service is what is important if you're going to be great. The only reason God decided to get the children of Israel out of Egypt is because they finally said, we will serve God. <laughs> For 400 years they were there and things were okay. Usually when things are okay with people, they forget God, right? And they were doing all that. And then they got into slavery. And things were difficult for them. And now they started crying out to God. And God heard from heaven. <coughs> Excuse me. I remembered his covenant. And came down to bring them out of oppression. Look at what God says in Exodus chapter 3 verse 7 and 8. It says, And the Lord God said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry. Did he not see the oppression 200 years before? When he saw it, they were not crying. <laughs> I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hands of the, of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a good, land, a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hevites and the Jebusites and all the sites. <laughs> but when God approached uh, Pharaoh through Moses, there was only one word. Let my people go that what? That they may serve me. Their cry we do that when things are tough for us get what we do well guess what we do we say god if you deliver me from this i'll be in church every sunday i'll even go on wednesday nights <laughs> and i'll go to prayer meetings just get me out of this and we'll serve you that's what they were doing they were crying out to god for deliverance, and they were crying, God, if you get us out of this bondage, this oppression, we will serve you for sure. And so God said to Pharaoh, let my people go that they might serve me. So important. In Job chapter 36, verse 11, it says, if they, that's you and I, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in what? prosperity if they obey and serve me not just obedience but serving god how do you serve god you look for things in the church things to do to make sure the work of god is going on 
you give towards it so that the work of God is progressing. You want the progress and the advance of God's kingdom. That's a passion for you. When they say, let's go do this, you're there because you are focused on the the advance of the kingdom of God. If that's what you want, then you are serving God. The obedience is following his commands. And then you serve him. There were people you read about the woman that took Jesus. When Jesus was born, she left everything and she stayed in the house of God, just serving God. And God gave her the privilege of actually carrying God in her hand. And that's an amazing thing. That's an amazing thing. I'm sure those eyes looking up to her as she carried, those were the eyes of God. Honor for service. And then God puts it in his book. So forever, everyone is reading about that woman who left everything to serve him. He says, if they obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Service is the important thing. Look at what it says in Exodus chapter 23, 25 and 26. So you shall what? Serve the Lord your God. So you shall serve the Lord your God. Service to God, service to man is so important. You serve the Lord your God and then the result of it is he will bless your bread and your water. That means anything that concerns you, he'll bless it. Your bread and your water, that's your livelihood. What you need to live and have content in life. God will not just allow it. He will bless it. So you will always have in abundance. But you have to serve him. He says he will, he will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage. And my wife spoke on this on Sunday. Your business is everything will work out well. And there will be, your, there will be no barren person in your line. That means your family will continue to grow. There is nothing coming into your house. I believe this thing. You do it, God will do that for you and your children, even to the 10th generation. If you follow God, you can be sure when you leave, God's after your kids. He calls them holy. They belong to him because you serve him. He says they are his. When God says something is holy, who are you to say he's not holy? When he's a bad boy, he asks silly. Well, God didn't ask for your opinion. God says they are holy. They are mine. I'll take care of them. If you serve him, he'll take care of your children. No one will be barren in your home in the land. And he says, the number of your days I will fulfill. That means cancer doesn't have power over the number of your days. That means heart attack doesn't have power over the number of your days. The number of your days he will fulfill. With long life, he will satisfy you. So my interpretation of that is when I'm tired and I'm ready to go home and I'm satisfied with life, that's when I go home. And I can just go back on my bed and lay down and go home. Who says you have to be sick to die? That's how we're conditioned to think that way. He said, oh, brother, so-and-so died. And the next question is, what killed him? Does something have to kill him? <laughs> we're conditioned to think that way. As a man thinks in his heart, 
So we say, we can put all of those things out because there is a God. God really is. Otherwise, this is a joke. Come in here, sit down and listen to an African boy. What's, the, what's all that for? I mean, thinking about it. There is a God. Amen. There is a God. And if we follow his principles, his principles will work for us in this present world upon our children. And then we have fun in heaven forever and ever. That's the word of God. That's the truth of the gospel. And we need to understand it and follow through with what God is saying. If you will serve him, you will spend your days in prosperity. That's what this girl is saying. And then you have good pleasure for you. God is not opposed to you having some fun. Amen. Always dragging your face because you're holy. We know you're suffering. <laughs> That's not holy. <laughs> but he loves us. Greatness is what God wants for us. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all, how many of these things? All of them. Does that include money? Yes, you bet. A nice car to go around? Yes, that includes that. And you can have a pinto for a while, but God can change that too. There's always a process. You serve him with the pinto, amen? This is not a prosperity. It will be well with you. That's what it says. It will be well with you. You start, the beginning is, the end is always greater than the, according to the word of God, is better than the beginning. Start with what you got, do what you have, and God will promote you. Promotion comes from him. He will make you great. <coughs> the, the other thing we need to concern ourselves is humility. Humility is so important. We have a need, you know, an innate need uh, for acceptance. All of us do. And we have this innate need for people to look up, you know, to us. So we really need to be careful. What you do shouldn't be for people to see. And sometimes it's really subtle. You don't really know that. That's when we should go before God and ask. God, let the thoughts of my heart, the meditation of my heart, and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you. Because sometimes people do things just because they want to be seen. Christians do that. They fight for positions in church and kill and whatever. They do all of this crazy stuff. Not because it's really towards him. It's just to be admired by people. If you have that, God, you're going to have a hard time with God. He doesn't know how to pour things in your life. It's just not going to happen. You'll stay there for a while. They'll still honor you, but that's all you get. He's not going to take you into the deep because deep calls out to deep. What I used to say, and I don't, if you know you're humble, <laughs> you got a problem. <laughs> If you say, I'm a humble man, I know you're not. Because you wouldn't even know it. You understand what I'm saying? You can't know it if you are a humble man. And if you know it, you're already in trouble. You got pride. It's called false humility. And what that does is you are trying to prove something all the time. Including the humility thing. You understand? You're trying to prove something. What I tell myself, I don't have anything to prove to anybody. 
I don't have to prove anything to any. I don't have to prove spiritual to you. You're not going to reward me from being spiritual, right? So why should I prove spiritual towards you? I don't care what you think. Sorry, brothers and sisters. <laughs> Just make up your mind. Don't prove anything. Do what God has called you to do and do it from the heart towards him. Let him give the results. They can talk. They can say things against you, but it doesn't bother you. They'll praise you. Don't say, oh, it's not me. He's the Lord. Oh, we already know he's the Lord. Who are you? You can do all that stuff. You don't have to say that. That's false humility. Why don't you just say thank you and walk away? And not talk much about it like it's a big thing. I mean, nothing you do that people haven't done. You talk about it at the moment, let it go. You understand what I'm saying? It's not a show. Once you have that need to be liked by people, you can't do God's work. You got to kill that. Because if you want to be liked, believe me, they won't like you all the time. I know that now. <laughs> I, I know that. But you have to maintain a good heart. You can't hurt people. You got to love them. You got to humble yourself. Maybe the, what they're doing is going to help you put you where God wants you to be. There may be instruments when they cut you down and they criticize you. When you're trying not to do anything, just worshiping God, they cut you down. It could be God trying to put you where you're supposed to be so he can launch you. If you have a bad attitude, he takes you out. So forget them. Just let them go. They're helping you to get some promotion. Amen. But you don't have to prove anything to anybody. I see Christians wanting to prove all kinds of things. So they fight. And they're trying to do something for maybe for praise. It's, 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 once they praise you, it's okay for you to be praised. They praise Jesus, right? If it's, okay, it's okay. But if you, if something inside of you needs that and some, you're feeding it, Something is wrong. He's going to cut you into trouble. Notice what the Bible says. Pride goes, and what follows it? A fall. There is no way, if you see a man who is prideful, and you can discern it, you watch just a few years. He's coming down. No doubt in my mind. We had a meeting with some pastors, and I told them, I said, listen, guys, <laughs> if there is pride, you're coming down. It may not be tomorrow, but you will come down. Unless God is merciful and lets you know that you got a problem in your heart, you're coming down. Because God only exalts the humble. James tells us he resists the proud. And he gives grace. You know what that means? Grace, enablement. Okay? The power to do, to excel, he gives that to the humble. You know, I can say this because I can understand. You know, when I come in here on Sunday mornings, I see Brother Roy. I mean, the guy is a servant. I know he knows the word, so, you know, speaking it, he understands. But since he's been here, and I, I can see the anointing in his life, when you hear him speak, you can hear it. It's a man that I know, you know, I, I, do, I personally, I, I'm out of all this flaky stuff, you know, all this. I, I, it doesn't mean anything to me. I've seen all of it. I want dedication. 
I want a servant heart. Commitment. All of those things are important. I receive prophecy. It's great. But I don't depend on them. I depend more on what God has spoken to me himself. That's more important to me. If another man gives me prophecy, that's great. You just confirm what I already know. Amen? That's what happened to Paul. So all of these things are important. All of the prophecy we'll be talking about, those, all of those things are important. But the real important thing is humility before God. Humility before men as well. It's humility to the point where you got nothing to prove. You're not easily rattled or because somebody said something that you have to do the same thing so you can get the you can get the same praise coming you got a problem here and god has to deliver you so important god will resist you once he sees that in you you can be fasting and praying he says i see you're fasting but what about this thing there that's a problem that's a blockage for me i can i can go through that get rid of it and i'll walk with you God, so it's, so it's so important. God loves when a man humbles himself. I remember the story, I think it was the story of Ahab. Do you remember Ahab? Ahab had killed Naboth. If maybe you know who Naboth is. It was the guy who had a vineyard, and his wife wanted the vineyard. And uh, the king actually wanted the vineyard. And the king was, he wanted that vineyard. He tried everything to buy it from the guy. The guy said, no. My father gave it to me. He's, he runs in our family. I'm not going to give it to you. The king said, I'll pay for it. He said, no. And so the wife, Jezebel, you know the woman, right? <laughs> yes. We don't have any of them here today. <laughs> Jezebel plotted with the, uh, you know, behind her husband's back and killed the fellow. And dogs licked his blood. And then the king went in there to possess the land without pain. And God sent his prophet to him. And said, <laughs> you're going to pay for this. And when Ahab, this wicked king, when he heard that word, he became frightened by it and humbled himself. And God came said to the prophet, you go back, tell him. Did you, he said, did you see how he humbled himself before me today? <laughs> God was impressed. He humbled himself. Okay, I'm going to give you a little slack here. That's, how, that's the way God is. When you humble yourself before God, God will really bless you. God, First Peter 5, 6, and 7, it says, God, it says, Therefore humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and that he may exalt you. In other words, you want to be exalted? Humble yourself, and God will exalt you in due time. You see, that means it may not be overnight. overnight. Don't get off that uh, humility basket. Stay there until God pulls you out. Amen? Stay there. Amen. The last thing I want to talk about is so important. I think that this is possibly number one for God. Number one. You can do everything. You can do whatever you want to do in my mind. And over the years, as God has spoken to me, that's what, that word is always coming. It's a very important word. It's called faithfulness. God lives 
in faithfulness. He wants faithfulness. If you are not faithful in anything that God asks you to do, not off and on. He doesn't like that. He wants you to stay the course. Once there is off and on, he knows he can trust you. I can do business with this person. That's what God is. I found that that's so important to God. You know, I'm going to just talk because reading the scripture is going to take some time. When God rewards us on the day of judgment, guess what he's rewarding? He's not going to reward the volume of work you've done. He's going to reward your faithfulness. He says, come, thou good and faithful servant. You did this. Now I'm going to make you ruler over this. And uh, that's how he rewards him. Faithfulness is so important to him. Jesus asked, who is then that good and faithful servant who will provide meat, food for the sheep? In other words, you're doing it faithful because you don't know when he's going to come. But if that servant becomes prideful and he starts drinking and acting and beating his fellow servants, he said the Lord will return in a day that he's not even thinking of and he will assign his portion with the hypocrites. In other words, with the unbeliever, you're out of the kingdom. Faithfulness. So important to God. Jesus said, who, if you are not faithful, again, in the little things, you will not be faithful in the big things. If you are faithful in the little things, then he can trust you to be faithful in the big things. So this faithfulness is so important. I say, Christians, if you come in here and you're doing a lot and everybody look up to you and all of that, and I still notice off and on in my mind, I, we all make judgment. Don't deceive yourself. <laughs> People say Christians don't judge. Well, the Bible says to judge. Did you know that? If a, did the, didn't the Bible say test every spirit to see if the spirit are of God? How are you going to test it if you don't judge? You're judging all the time. When the Bible says to put men who are full of the Holy Spirit, how do you know that? You got to judge, right? I think he's full of the Holy Spirit. We make judgments all the time. Condemnation is another thing. The Bible doesn't want you to condemn anybody. But we make judgments all the time. It doesn't matter what I look at faithfulness. It's so important. If you are consistent, you're committed... You're dedicated. If you really, you see, faith, the word faithfulness is drawn out of the word faith. When you truly believe something, you will commit to it. When you truly believe something, you will give to it. If you truly believe something, if you really believe in prayer, you pray. If you don't believe in prayer, it's not going to be there. <clears throat> so if you really believe in worshiping and serving God, you do it. 
And if you off and on, it doesn't really matter to you. You can say all you want to say, it's not important to you. And if it's not important to you, when God says he's seeking men to worship him, didn't the Bible say that? God seeks men to worship him in spirit and in truth. If you're going to worship, you have to be worshiping, right? Before you can know you're worshiping in spirit or in truth. If you're not worshiping at all, you're not worshiping at all in spirit or in truth. And so you're not committed to worshiping God. You're not committed. You're not faithful. Faithfulness is so important. I'm going to read this scripture. Luke chapter 16 verse 10 to 12. It says, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. In other words, if you're just not doing right in that little thing, much you do the same thing. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in a righteous man, who will commit to you true, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give to you what is your own? Now, we're talking about riches there and faithful in the little things notice what jesus said if you are not faithful if you are not faithful in unrighteous mammon who will commit to your trust true riches and if you are not if you have not been faithful in what is another man's who will give you what is your own now we go back to another man's this has to do with your tithe you see, your tithe doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. And he's talking about true riches. And here he can bless you. If you're not faithful with money, how you handle money with regards to God, he sees it. When you're cutting that little bit, I can't afford that. I'm going to give this so pastor thinks I'm giving all. Pastor can't know what's going on. He sees it. That's unfaithfulness. He knows it. He knows what you're doing. And that, to me, <laughs> that money thing is, it, it, we have to teach this thing so you know. I, I don't worry about who gives and who doesn't give. I don't check. But you have to understand God is the one we're dealing with. When you are not faithful in that which belongs to another man, who will give you your own? That's what he's saying. The tithe actually belongs to him. That's another man's. If he knows you are not willing to give that, he's not going to give what he has a portion for you. Faithfulness even touches your life here on earth. God sees that as the bottom line and your money, if I get a hold of your checkbook and I start looking at it, that's one way to tell what's important in your life. And then give me your 24 hours through the week. And I can look at where you go and what you're doing. I can tell what's important to you. If I look through your 24 hours a day for the week, the number of times you were praying, the number of times you were, the minutes you spent reading your scriptures, how often you were in church or ministering to somebody or doing something for the kingdom of God, I can generally tell you what, what's really important to you and what you are faithful in doing. He can can. He knows. Faithfulness is so important. I believe there's tithe for everything. There is tithe for the year. 
you give some time part of that year something to God. We do that in our church. The first part of the year, we go in fasting and praying for about 21 days. We're giving our tithe to the Lord so he, we can have something to eat for the rest of the year. What about your time? How much time do you give to the things of God? These things are important. You want to be great? He's got to see that. You know, uh, we started this work, Angela and I, and uh, we had no clue, and I'm going to close with this, and I'm telling you straight from my heart, you do what you have to do. But this is so important to God. I finally realized that this is very important to him because I am not doing it. He's talking to me. And I got these things written. God told me, you know, to go out to ministry, and my wife was willing and said, let's do this. We, we had no clue what the future would be. No understanding. But the little things are so important. We got to do those yet. And so I, I, I knew I had to go out, and I didn't know anything. No preacher would let me preach in the United States uh, because no one knew me as a preacher. But they let me preach in Nigeria, so I started going to Nigeria. And we didn't know that this was where God wanted me to be ministering. I just was doing something because God had said to do, to go out. And one day in 2001, I got up. I was in Lagos, Nigeria. We had gone there for mission uh, ministry, and there was waiting for people coming from the United States. And my thing at that time, Angela and I said, "Well, God is doing so much in Nigeria. Maybe we should move over there." We were not sure. But this morning, I got up to pray, and God spoke to me and said, "From now on, most of your work will be in Texas." I showed it to you when I got back. He said, most of your work will be in Texas. The word was most. So I said, okay, what does this mean? But then he continued, you have been faithful in what I called you to do. I said, yeah, really? I didn't know that what I was doing was what you called me to do. I was just doing something because he had called me to do that. And so God takes you from time to all I know to do as a Christian. I don't care about the result. He gives the increase. The Bible says one man sows, another man waters, and God is the one that gives the increase. My job is to be faithful in what he called me to do and to stick with it. We started in our home. One Sunday is great. Another Sunday, yeah, yeah, we don't know how many showed up in church. And we're thinking, oh God, are you really in this? But you stay with it. You don't quit. And God comes one day and says, okay, now uh, you have been faithful. Now this is what a, a better assignment I have for you. Whatever he called you to do. I've read stories of people, all they do is clean the, the bathroom. And God plucks them from the bathroom and they are way up ministering all over the place. Stay faithful in what God called you to do. The most important thing. Your prayer life. If you have a certain time that you pray, believe me, God knows you're coming. He's waiting for you. Some of us don't even have a time. So God does He can't figure you out. <laughs> he doesn't know. That he doesn't live in time. But he knows when you're coming. Let God have a feeling, yeah, this person is coming to talk to me. Don't you feel good when somebody you love, they're coming to be with you? You're waiting for them? 
well, God's like that too. He's a person, right? He waits for you. And when you come, wow, he's ready for you. We're going to have a great time today, son. And our daughter, and we said, he looks forward to that. But then you go for another month and he hasn't seen you. And then after a month, you decide you're coming back and he's excited. He's coming back. You saw how the prodigal son's father was so glad to see him back? That's what's going on. I don't want to be prodigal. Amen? I want the father to see me right there constantly. Amen? And then he blesses you. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. Whatever God has called you to do, if you're looking for heavens open, the key is faithfulness to God. Humility, that's your heart condition towards him. Amen? But the key is what he's looking for is your faithfulness. He can trust you. He knows if he gives it to you, you're not going to drop the ball. Amen? You will stay with it, even when it's difficult. Many times it will cause difficulties to come. And he stand back while you're wondering what's going on. He wants to see if you will quit. But if you stay with it, then he says, like to, he said to Abraham, when Abraham brought Isaac, now I know that you fear God. I know now. He's God. Is there anything that he didn't know? Yeah, he knew that. But he put it to test. And he says, now I know. Let's put God to test. Amen? With our faithfulness. Raise your hands up to the Lord tonight. There may be something that God is telling you. Don't look at people. Forget people. They'll criticize you. They'll cut you down. But when God starts blessing you, they'll come back to you. And they'll praise you after cutting you down before. Just forget them. Keep doing what God called you to do. Whether it's teaching of children, do it with all of your heart. Whatever it is, whatever it is, maybe it's going to the nursing home. Don't, whether they say something about it, they don't say something about it. Don't care what people are saying. Just do what God tells you to do. Whether it's waking up in the morning and praying for the pastor, please pray for me. And whatever God asks you to do, be faithful and see what God will do. He wants to know he can trust you. Father God, we commit ourselves to you tonight and do seek grace from heaven and help. You're always there for us. You are faithful. <sighs> Truly, Lord God, you are faithful. And we are your children. We want to reflect your faithfulness in everything that we do. Fill our hearts with the humility of Christ. We come to you, Lord Jesus, for you said you are meek and lowly of heart. We want to learn of you so that we can be just like the Father. Thank you, our God, tonight. I bless your people in your name tonight. That the words that we've heard, I believe they are coming from you. They are your words. Bless our hearts and, and, and help us to increase in everything that we do. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.